Well, of course, today, as we all know, is the, is the beginning of Lent, the holy season of Lent. And, um, you know, many people treat this season differently. Uh, some people treat it as, you know, others treat New Year's. You know, I'm going to start my diet. When are you going to start it? Well, I was going to start it on New Year's, but I kind of missed that. But when are you going to start it now? Ash Wednesday. So Ash Wednesday becomes sort of a New Year's resolution time. That's not what Ash Wednesday is for. And that's not really what Lent is for. Or people use it as a time to, to maybe, you know, do things that otherwise they ought to be doing. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know work out more, I'm going to avoid this kind of food, I'm going to do these kinds of things. That's okay. You know, anything you do for a good reason is going to be good. However, uh, one of the things that we have to probably move to, at least the adults who are here, is that we need to move to an adult faith. You know, when I was a child, my mother made me give up, you know, chocolate and candy, which obviously worked, you know, for me. Um, it made me give up TV or made me give up whatever, you know, and that's fine for children. Children, you know, you gotta do that kind of stuff. That's just how it works. But once we become adults, those things, while they're not bad, they're sort of less than what this season represents for us. This season really represents an opportunity to do penance so that we can gain greater mastery over all of the negative influences in our life so that we can reflect on those things which are most important or ought to be most important, namely, you know, God himself, of course. And so there's a threefold uh, sort of way of doing penance traditionally for the church, and it, it's outlined in the gospel. It comes right from Jesus. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Let me start with fasting. So hopefully all of you are very hungry right now because you're supposed to be fasting, you know, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, it's compulsory that we fast. We're also, we're obliged to fast as Catholics, which means one regular sized meal throughout the day and then two other meals, which combined are not greater than that one meal. Now, of course, if a person is ill, if a person has health issues, if a person is over 65, it's not obligatory, although it's still recommended. But that's just Ash Wednesday and Good Friday when we have to do it. Lent is really a time where we, we ought to strive to do things that we don't really have to do. You know, if all we did was what the church said to do, namely fast on, on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday and then avoid not have meat on, on those days as well as every Friday during Lent, well, we would be doing what we had to do. But we wouldn't be looking internally at what might be good for us spiritually to do. So for instance, you know, fasting is perhaps not something that we, we tend to think of dieting maybe, but you know, to, to actually use fasting as a spiritual benefit. You know, maybe if, uh, if for, for some of you, you know, food has too much of a claim over your life. A lot of times people use, you know, use food for emotional solitude or, or solace, I should say, emotional solace or rescue. Fasting from food might be very good because one of the things that one of the things that happens when we deny ourselves something we normally have is we begin to think, why don't I have that thing I normally had? Which then leads us to, oh, because I'm doing this for God. 
And so what happens is when we deny ourselves something, our thoughts will inevitably go back to the purpose of it all and the meaning of our existence. So maybe, you know, fasting might be a good practice for you throughout Lent. Almsgiving, this is a good one. Everybody loves it when Father talks about money or the priest talks about money. Why is he talking about money all the time? It's funny, I could, I could talk about money like twice in a year and somebody's going to come out and say, why do you always talk about money? I actually like to talk about it because it makes people feel uncomfortable. And anytime something makes us feel uncomfortable, my intention is not to make people feel uncomfortable, but anytime something makes us feel uncomfortable that has to do with our spiritual life, then we ought to pay attention to it. It's an indication that maybe we're hiding something from God. We're keeping something from God. And Jesus talks about the danger of money and possessions all the time. All the time. I mean, if you want to look at somebody who always is talking about money, it's Jesus. He's always bringing it up. Why does he bring it up? Not because he needed it. I don't need your money. You know, it doesn't go to me. Who needs your money? You know? It's not really about who needs your money. You know, that's not why a person ought to give alms or you ought to tithe to the church. You know, most people tithe to the church based off their surplus, right? You show up to church and then here they come with the baskets. Maybe if I don't make eye contact, he'll just pass me by. I've trained all of our ushers to just hold the basket there if you don't put anything in and make you feel really uncomfortable. Just hold it there and they'll put something in sooner or later. That's not true. Um, but you know, we normally look at tithing as a lot of people, I should say, look at tithing as something that is surplus. You know, it's, it's, it comes sort of later after everything else is dealt with, but that's not really what tithing ought to be or almsgiving. Tithing is a statement of faith. It's a statement of faith. It's a statement of saying, you know what? I have this and whatever that is, right? It's totally different for everybody else. I have this much, uh, wealth, if you will. And instead of waiting till the last thing, you know, the last moment to give something to God, I'm going to choose God first and designate this tithe to give to him. And whether that tithe goes to your church partially or like St. Vincent de Paul or another charity, it doesn't really matter. The point is that it's intentional. It's not an afterthought. It's something we plan, right? So during Lent then, you know, maybe this is something for you to look at during Lent. Um, maybe money and possessions have too much of a hold over you. They have too much control over you, which is fairly common. And that could be because people, you know, really like to buy things, right? They like to have, have things and fill up that way. Or because of anxiety, you know, a desire for security, or just simply greed. Could be any of those things and others besides. Well, the reason that we tithe, the reason we give alms, is to, again, to detach ourselves from that, from those claims that our possessions might have upon us. So perhaps for you, and, and you know who you are because you really don't like what I'm saying right now, you know, I feel really uncomfortable, Father. I'm never coming back. <laughs> That's fine. But you're the guy who needs to do this. You're the woman who probably needs to do this, okay? Now, it's up to you whether you will. But when it, when it really rings in our conscience, it's an indication. And then lastly, 
uh, of course, prayer. But I think this is the most important one. And I think it's really something all of us should do, okay? Now again, each of you needs to decide to do this. But I'm talking to the kids who are here, you know, the teenagers who, who are here, and all you old people. I'm talking to everybody here. Prayer is something we should be doing more of during Lent. It's very common if somebody will uh, talk to me about their spiritual life and I'll say, well, you know, tell me about your spiritual life. How is it? And they usually will say, it could be better. And then I'll say, well, what does that mean? You know, it could be better. What are you doing? Well, I'm not doing anything. Well, you're right. It could be better. <laughs> there's, you know, something is always better than nothing. It could be better. Well, you know, okay, let's say you're in that spot tonight. Maybe you're in that spot where you're returning to God this Lent and you haven't been praying and you haven't really been practicing your faith. All right, fine. That's what Lent is for partially, you know, to get back Get back to those things we're supposed to be doing. So if you're not praying throughout the day, even start small. The kids, I always tell the kids this, um, you know, when maybe they ask or my own, my own family, I tell the kids, look, it's better to be, to, to be able to say, you know, I prayed in our Father and three Hail Marys and offered some intentions to Jesus. I talked to Jesus. It's better to do that, even though that takes like two minutes. It's better to do that every day than even to say like a full rosary once a week. Because what the Lord Jesus wants is a relationship. What would it be like if the person you love the most never spoke to you? Or if you said, I love them the most, well, how often do you speak to them? Nah, eh, not that much. How often? Eh, maybe once a week, but it's for a long time. Well, you probably might question whether that person really loves that person a whole lot, right? Because a relationship is built on communication. If we're not talking to Jesus, we don't have a relationship. This is the most important thing. If you were to do nothing else during Lent, increase the amount of time that you talk to Jesus. I urge you, it's so crucial. He really just wants to talk to you. Even if you can't remember any prayers, even if you're just gonna complain, complain to him. Even if you want to tell him how bad he is at being God, tell him that. Talk to Jesus. Have a relationship with him. Continue to build that during Lent. And let's really, you know, try our best to make this season of Lent very fruitful in our spiritual lives. Please stand.